I got a got a big butt. It's gigantic. If I'm gonna be blunt about it, and you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and, and before you before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice. But I got to tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can distract me. It really can. The littlest of butt can make me think, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading his word. It's true. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden, a big giant butt gets in the way. A butt, much like one of these. But I got a farm bill. But I'm tired. But the game's over. But I read last Tuesday. But I got to check Facebook. But I don't like Leviticus. But it's too hot in here. But I, I just don't like books. But I don't understand it. But it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are. Ugly. Ugly butts. Okay, and there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet. But others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible. But they won't like me if I talk about Jesus. But I don't know if God will do what I ask. But I just can't get motivated. But I'm afraid. But I don't have all the answers. But the small group is the same night as Monday Night Football. But can I just let my life speak for itself? But I'm not happy. But that's not my gift. But that's the pastor's job. But I don't know how to pray. But I can't believe that. But I don't know where to start. But everybody else is having fun. Butts abound, friend. But, 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 but. Here a butt. There a butt. Everywhere a butt butt. Okay? And, and, and the most overused butt of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on. We have a lot of butts. God has given us a real simple word. Okay? If we learn it, and we share it, and we teach it, and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt. Okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a Slim Jim. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it. We start today, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. I think you get it. How big is your butt? Welcome to the net. That's a great video, and uh, I resemble that. It's so fun. So, isn't it great to have a little humor, lighten things up a little bit? Just, how many of you guys have a butt? (laughs) Right, exactly. So, guys, I just, I saw that video, and I was like, you know, the... Whatever the excuses for not, you know, 
heading down this track, we really all can come up with good reasons. But hopefully at the end of just our discussion tonight and just really the whole series this fall is just going to really just connect with us and, and that we as, we, as we step into this, become the mature men that God has called us to be. So every one of us here tonight, if we're honest, We've got fears, we've got struggles, we've got maybe some disappointments. Maybe you're just here and you're just exhausted. Or like a guy I talked to on a conference call today, just he just shared, <clears throat> my wife said to me, I just don't see you happy anymore. I don't, I don't see the joy in your life. And as we talked a little bit more about it, it was just evident the guy is just flat burnt out. And he's a good guy. But he's just burnt out, and he's got to get some balance and some things in order in his life. Um, but if, if the, sh- the shame is, 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 why does it have to get to that point? I mean, there's challenges that come up, but, I mean, just the fact that he would even bring that into conversation gets him moving in that area. And that's part of really what this horizontal is in the net, is bringing light to the things that need development, that need maturity. And just so as we enter into these discussions around these tables, and hopefully it goes well beyond these tables, that you're inviting guys into your life. And the fact is many guys are lonely because they don't even know who to talk to about this stuff. And so really that's why we meet here is just to have healthy, manly conversations with guys that we're working on similar Issues. We have similar challenges. And so that's, the net is really here just to give a context. It's not exclusive with everything that's going on in life, but it's just a context for where a lot of us are at. And, so, and I'm no different than you guys. I don't have all the answers. I'm just a guy who's committed to walking the road. And I've just been blessed to have some good guys walking with me. And just to be able to share a little of that journey, and we can enter in the Word together, is just really why the net's here. So, so let's get into it this evening a little bit. And then, um, man, if I can get some water, that'd be great. Um, th- for some of you guys that are new, if you look at where we've been and where we're going, last week we really got into some just basic brass tacks for some of the guys who've never even opened the Bible before. Where, where do I even begin? And that's on a podcast where... We can just get you started and moving in just the areas of no one's ever discipled me. No one's ever taught me how to read the Bible. And we just, there's some practical suggestions that get you moving in that area. But for the purposes of the next few weeks, we're just going to focus our time on First and Second Timothy so that we can track alongside of one another. And part of that was birthed out of my discipleship story where the guy who walked with me for many years said, Read First and Second Timothy for two weeks, and when you're done and you've read it every day, call me and we'll get together. And that began a five-year-long relationship, but it took my investment of getting into the Word, and it just opened this incredible discovery process. So that's what I'm really hoping for some of you, that if anything comes out of this, you men will be vested in the Word of God. And that's really where the power and the promise that's just waiting to be unlocked, God's treasures, just for your life. And so, <clears throat> so for me, this is my statement for this fall. This is my developmental pathway 
that uh, I want to invite you guys on. And, and this is a statement that I hope maybe you guys can craft your own statement of what this is. But this statement really represents where Russell's at in this season. It's, it's developing Russell as God's man who has the desire to courageously lead. I've got some serious challenges that I face almost daily, and it is my prayer that God gives me the courage just to lead well in the areas of influence that I have. And I am stepping into that, and I, there is a pathway and a, and a developmental uh, process for me to go into that, and that's a little bit what we're talking about tonight. In the same way that I need wisdom. How many of you guys need needs wisdom? And I need it really bad in my workplace, because I'm lacking a lot. <laughs> and so I'm stepping into an intentional process of just gaining wisdom so that I am ready for when I lack it and I ask God who gives generously without finding fault. Amen? And then finally, it's just, I have this tendency, and maybe I'm not the only guy, that somehow my problems and my circumstances creep up on me really fast and suddenly they're bigger than the God that made Pike's Peak. And I am overwhelmed in a heartbeat and I forget that God is so much bigger. And, it, and what, what knocks me over that, that just lie, is really what do I believe? What do I believe? And when I'm renewed in that, then something begins to happen inside of me and then to step into that by faith. And this is really, in a concise sentence, this is where Russell is at in this season. And so the talking points for me and the teaching points really revolve around that. So where we are for tonight is stepping into this, what I just call reflections of Timothy. In no way is this exhaustive. In no way is this going to hit all the points because uh, it really requires a lot of time around that. And so what I would hope is that some of you guys want to take this thing a little bit deeper, you know, over coffee or go get a meal or hang out at a guy's house and really talk about the fine points because every verse has some significant points to it. But as a, really, it helps me when I'm reading if I'm targeting something. Like, for example... Um, Colin mentioned, you know, who is the letter written to and what's the context? What, what's going on? If, if I read a book recognizing the chief characters in the story, if we can use that as a map, I read the letter differently. If I read the book of Acts and I'm looking for the characters, it begins to frame just the overall story of what's happening. And so when you read Timothy, I want to encourage you over the next few weeks to look at it from a focal point of these three elements. Is what is the gifts that are inside of Timothy that God is calling out and fanning into flame? What's the character that young Timothy is being called to mature in? And then finally, is what is his competencies or his skills that Paul is wanting him to grow in? And, and so for the purposes of us as maturing men and men that are here because they want to develop because we're husbands and we're fathers and we're men in the workplace and we're, st- we're stewards with responsibilities that I want to see all of you men grow in these areas and my hope is, is that if you get into this thing 
and you really see these gifts and characters and skills, something will come alive in you and the Holy Spirit will spark something that you will take ownership of some of these things that you want to grow and develop and invite some of you guys to walk further in that. So that's our track. And um, so the pathway. Um, How's that sound, by the way? You guys tracking with me? So I've come up with this um, acronym for the pathway for development, and we'll, walk, we'll get into that. But for me, from a little bit of a historical standpoint, I've been reading and studying Timothy for a long, long time. And every time I get into it at a high level or, you know, an de- in-depth level, this, for me, is really the anchor. This is the why of why... Why is this thing so gripping to me? Remember the chief characters. It's Father Paul. It's a spiritual father speaking to a spiritual son. And, and he's giving some instructions in his first letter on some Timothy, on, on some teaching and some things, some inconsistency and how to bring some correction to that. But why do we get into this? And it's this statement right here that just gets me every time. The goal of this command is love. And man, you can fill in the blank of where your expression of love is in all the areas of your life. And so if you unpack your expression of love, of just a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Every time I read those words, they somehow carry a significant weight for me. Because I'm not there. It's something that I feel called to step into, and somehow the horsepower behind that thing is the call and my desire to love well, to love Carrie well, to love my kids well, to love you men well. And when those things are right, then I'm right, and somehow the love of God flows through me. And this is what I want to develop it and step into. Just a question, guys, for tonight, just for you to kind of get the weight of this thing. But could you put a price tag on that? If you had to monetize that issue with your time or your resources, how costly is that issue? What's the cost of your ability or inability to love people well? What's the cost of having a good conscience or a sincere faith or a pure heart? If you really put some tangible, a tangible weight of the cost of your money and the cost of your time around that, it it is a powerful idea because where your treasure is, your heart is, right? And so... And, 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 and if you subscribe to that, then what's the pathway to getting to such a goal? And so tonight, this is really where this pathway, this acronym that I've come up with, um, and this is the sheet that uh, I've given you guys here, just to invite you into this. This, this is not, again, in any way exhaustive, um, but this is just a pathway, just as, as reference points to kind of see where you're at. As I spend time with a lot of men, and as I, as I think about where I'm at, there's oftentimes I feel a little bit lost. 
I'm just not quite sure where the next step is and how do I get from here to there. And looking at the letters of Timothy, this is just a pathway using this acronym in light of what we find in these letters. And so this first one under the pathway is the pathway of just his presence. Guys, there's no greater reality than when you're faced with just the reality of yourself, when you can really look yourself in the mirror and say, I know there's a God and I'm not him. (laughs) That when you're in the presence of God, then you are there's perspective that comes over you and on this point guys i just want to raise the question around this of where do you experience god there's a lot of men here that come into sunday morning and you sit through a worship service and we have the best music in the world but yet somehow you still don't necessarily feel connected with god If you're like me, I've had an older man say to me once that you're a relational guy, Russell, and you experience God in relationships, but you're actually more creational than you are relational. You know, let me give this talk tonight in the closed rooms with four walls and a roof, but you put me around a campfire in the middle of the mountains talking about the Word of God, there's nothing more that lights me up. And there's nothing more in a time when I experience God and the glory of his creation. It lights me up when I experience God at a whole other level when I'm out. It's just different for me. And so the question around this idea of presence, where do you most experience the presence of God? And go there. <laughs> go there to get this ex- To get the connection with God so that you can have perspective, so that you can be consumed with the awesomeness of God. Because without that, guys, the rest of this stuff is just mechanics. Did you guys hear me on that? The oil in your engine is gone and you're redlined before you know it and blowing a valve. And this is the grace of God that you experience in his presence. It begins and ends right here in his presence. And so we look at Timothy and see what Paul says to him. God, the the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in the inapproachable light, whom no one has seen, has even uh, seen or see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Guys, I would encourage you, speak those words, sing those words, get those things deep in your soul, and then the pathway will begin opening up. This here, some of you men know, this is my pursuit of wisdom. I'm on a track when I say that I'm developing in the area of wisdom to work. My, my pathway is I'm writing these devotionals and my goal by the year end is to get 90 of these in a, a book format so I can just give away to folks. But it's these types of things. And as, as I was just looking at tonight, this is something that just connected with me in terms of just his presence. Because again, I can't stress it enough. Without his presence, it's just mechanics. And so 
just read this on a devotional, your time frame, and um, I hope you enjoy it. So, the second piece on the pathway is authority. I heard a story today of a guy, and I want to be careful because of the confidential nature of the story. But here's a guy who was very successful, millionaire, five years ago, sensed a call in his life, sold everything, and went to school. A very noble thing, brought his teenage family here, went to school, vested in himself because he was so clear that he was experiencing just, he had heard so clearly from the Lord. And he went through this season and... Today, he's bankrupt. His family has all but left him, but yet he is still resolute that he has heard from the Lord and God is going to fulfill that one day. Now, it's a powerful story and it's a complicated story because the man's faith is so sincere. And when I listen to this story and the nobility of his faith, the thing that just unctions in my spirit as I listen to this, of where, where do you bring in counsel to this story and the resolution? Because you don't want to quench this man's fire, but yet something's out of balance and every one of us knows it. But what is that? And it's not the whole story, but this is part of the story, guys. If there's something out of balance in your life, I would just encourage you to look at the places and the people of authority in your life. A man under authority is a man of authority. If you're out there rogue, then you come out from under the umbrella of authority. But when you submit yourself to authority... All of a sudden, you are a man powerful under authority. And it's a big idea. Now, let's ground this thing biblically in what Paul is saying. Paul, very first verse in our letter. Paul, the apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior, Christ Jesus our Lord. He has been sanctioned and he's under the authority of God under the church of Jerusalem, to go out to this work, to the Gentiles. Paul's a bit of a maverick, but he's still under authority as an apostle of God, sent out and prayed for to go do this work. In the same way, they spend half a chapter going through the list of the, of the overseers. And it's quite a list. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. The role of overseer is a really, really big deal. And how do you get to that place of being an overseer? Well, a little backstory for my pursuit of Timothy. I'm a 16-year-old man, and I go and I spend two weeks reading every day, and I meet with the guy who's discipling me. I finished my first task of homework way to go. I felt good. We sat at Waffle House at 5.30 in the morning. My next assignment, guys, you'll love this. Russell, make a list of every trait of the overseer and the deacons. 
and I want you to rate yourself how you think you're doing. Right. <laughs> Just raise the bar on me, right? So think about that for where you guys are at and coming under authority and counsel, spiritual authority, parental authority, church authority, governmental authority. It is God's design for us to be men under authority. Think about it in a marriage context of Ephesians 5. The reason the marriage deal works, the whole reason it works, is because we as husbands are submitted to the authority of Christ who is head over us. And without that, the whole marriage and the whole family is out of whack. So guys, there's a lot of conversation and there's a lot of biblical reference to this. But for where you're at, who is your authority? A man under authority is a man of great authority. And so that brings protection and it brings power in your life. Protection, like for the guy I heard about today, who's lost everything. Whereas if he had counsel around him, he may have been able to make a few different choices along the way. And it would have helped maintain at a minimum his family. And it's not that God can't come through, but it's just balanced as he walks into this. So, so training. This is the fun one for me because this is really clear language um, for Paul. And train yourself to be godly. And this is, uh, I like this because I'm kind of a hands-on kind of guy, right? (laughs) Go to the toolbox, this is what the tool's for, and then let's go to work on this. And and so this whole series is really inspired uh, just out of the training that comes from God's Word as you submit yourself to that. And so just the question there is really... From a developmental standpoint, what disciplines in your life um, need the most attention? Physical training is of some value, but spiritual training is value for all things, both in the in the present life and the life to come. And and so maybe that's old language for some of you guys, but for but for wherever you are on that subject of disciplines, the difference tonight, and what I'm asking, what I'm inviting you guys into, is a developmental pathway that you call out this area that you want to develop and grow in. And you invite people to walk with you in this. This training, this is not a one-way deal with just Timothy, who's going to bootstrap his thing. This is Paul, who is for Timothy to see him develop and be trained into the fullness of God's man, so that the church can be ministered to. And so as a starting point, what are the disciplines, whether it's spiritual disciplines, whether it's practical disciplines, if you were to come in my office right now, I have a little bit of a problem with staying organized. Okay? It's a constant challenge for me. It's always going to be a weakness for me because I'm a big idea guy. Do you know anybody like that? It's constantly a challenge to stay sorted and organized. And when I do it, I feel like a million bucks. 
Whenever I'm depressed, the best thing I can do, the best psychology, the best counseling in the world that Russell can go do is clean his garage. And I feel like a million bucks. (laughs) It's an area that I've got to develop and step into. So you can go wherever you want, but it's a development that just, it's a discipline that you just need to shore up and invite men into. So this is the training piece. The H is one that is really not quite in sequence, um, but I hope the H is on there on our slide. So is H in there? Nope. We're going to skip that one, I guess. So the H is on your sheet, I think, and that word is really hope is in Christ. And the verse there is God our Savior, Jesus Christ, our hope. And then later in his book, in his letter, he says, not to put hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put hope in God, who richly provides us everything. I'm an entrepreneur of 17 years, and I am a perpetual deal maker. I am looking for the next deal. I'm looking for the next opportunity. I'm an entrepreneur in nature, and I'm just, that's my bent. And so it is a fine line for guys with that bent To keep your hope where it belongs. Hope is in Christ and not on the next deal or the next transaction or whatever. And man, I need to be reminded of that. And there is a lot of language on that and I'll just share one with you if you want to write it down. For some of you guys, it it speaks most plainly of this developmental pathway that I've in, in, scripturally, is Romans 5.5, 5, if you want to write it down. It says, men, rejoice in your sufferings, your hard times and everything. Rejoice in it. And that when you suffer, your suffering leads to what? Perseverance. And then from perseverance, it leads to character. That this character is then forming into leading you to hope. And this is the most powerful promise, is that that hope does not disappoint. Guys, there are so many things this man has placed his hope in, and it's been strongly disappointed. Whereas really, the only hope we can put on is the hope of Christ. Amen? And so out of Romans 5, we see this incredible progression of men of God starting from suffering all the way to a hope that doesn't disappoint. It's this incredible pathway that leads us there. So that's the, that's the hope. Where's your hope at? Is it enriches the next deal? Some man who can disappoint you is your hope in Christ. So W, this is just, it's, it's a word of wisdom is, the wor- is for you fill in your blank guys. The word is just, I mean, it's the promises of God, and when you get a hold of those things and you own them, they become part of your character so that all of a sudden something hits the fan, and guys, I can't help it. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit inspiring that is pinging back off of me. Oh, man, rejoice in your sufferings. Why? Because it's leading this... that I'm developing perseverance in the character of this man in the midst of this hell is leading me to this hope and I can't help but reckon with the word of God rather than letting my emotions be carried away and next thing I'm off huddled in a corner depressed. 
Has anybody been there? So the word of God is really what we're inviting you into. It is the great and precious promises of the word. As you get into this, I just hope it gets all over you. And that through that, the Holy Spirit can unction powerful promises when you need it most. So, And then A, this is, uh, this is the fun stuff for me. I, I love the discovery process for a guy who's absolutely clueless and lost and is totally lost in the sense that he doesn't have a vision even for himself anymore. But yet the promise of the word of God is that every one of you, whether you feel like it or not, God has an appointment for you. That he, not only has he destined it for you, is that he is equipping you to see that thing fulfilled for kingdom purposes. And on top of that, the promises throughout Old and New Testament say that God is going to fulfill that appointment. It's an awesome thing. But I just remind you guys, this process is for the appointment that's on your life. And we see that written very clearly. Why is Timothy going through all this? Because there's an appointment on his life. And so we see some of that language. So what is he called what is he called you men to do? That word calling is at times incredibly inspiring. It's empowering. It can be confusing as all get out. But let me just encourage you men, the degree that you are called has everything with the do to do with the one who's calling you. It is an awesome big God who is calling you men out and he has work for you to do and he's preparing you along the way to get you ready. So, And then this last one, the why. I thought, well, why is this happening? So it's why with a question mark. Or it's, I even thought, you know, as the first word that hit me was the word yielding because you're yielding to the leadership of the Lord through this process. It's a continual yielding. So there's different things, different words that may resonate or work in this. But for me, the youthful piece of it is, I don't know about you guys, but my pride sometimes gets in the way. (laughs) In this language written to Timothy, some scholars would say that this actually was written to Timothy about the time he was 40 as a young man. This, lang- this verse here was one of the verses that was spoken over Carrie and I in our wedding 20 years ago. Russell, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Why? To set an example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and purity. Man. I love that. But yet, something about reckoning, wherever you are in your journey, in your maturity, is it's all right to embrace your youth. It's all right to embrace just where you need to grow and where you need to develop. 
And so maybe it's not young in a sense of your age or your spiritual maturity. It's just rather it's just a place that, man, I, I got some room to grow here. And so this is, this is not exhaustive. Um, this actually came to me about 3 a.m., so there's probably some room to tweak it a little bit. But I hope that gives something just to give you some traction when you're just really lost. But read, use this template or didactic when you're reading through Timothy and see, use it just as a tool to see what surfaces for you using these words. So let's keep moving here on, on just the... Uh, the progression from the next for the next three weeks. Next week we're going to focus on the gifts, and the gifts. As you read that this next week, I want you to read it and and see if you can identify the word guard. Um, guard what's been entrusted to you because the enemy is really out to kind of take that from you, and I've had some times where it's nearly been taken from me. And so, just as a technical thing for some of you guys who want to go deeper in this, I want you to see if you can find some patterns in some of the words. The word guard is actually written um, five, maybe six times. I haven't looked at it in a little while. But if you go back to the first, um, if you go back to the first slide that we looked at, that the goal of this command is love. It's interesting to look at the word command. I can go ahead and give it to you, but I'd encourage you to look it up for yourself. In the first book of Timothy, the first letter of Timothy, six chapters, the word command is actually given eight times. But interesting, the tone of the first letter to the second letter is there is no language of command in the second letter. The second letter is the last letter that was ever written by Paul to anyone, and it was written to Timothy, uh, and it was his last letter, and that letter is the most personal. But yet, the first letter is one of just a charge. It is an authoritative charge where you see this language of command. And the funny thing is, or the thing that I've observed in that, is the very first verse is the command that has been given to Paul that he is imparting that same level of command to Timothy. Now that's a, a really interesting exchange when you think about it from the perspective of a soldier or in the area of authority. Who do you have in your life that can come to you and not just tap dance around whatever? But has a position of personal authority, personal friendship, personal trust, loves you that much. That feels something so intense. A call, a stewardship. The weight of the word of God and the weight of the kingdom of God so heavy on them. That just can't wait to impart something of that degree of a blessing to you. 
And guys, I've had men in my life speak with that level of authority and conviction. And I want this place to be that kind of place of that fervor where you're so aware of the call on your life that you men in this moment, some of you may feel broken and beat up and, hey, I'm just trying to pay my bills and my wife is after me, whatever. But guys, let me encourage you, that's for this moment. If you're here and you're going to hang around the net and hang around this church, you're going to be built up, powerful men of God, building the kingdom of God, starting first within your family. Because that's what I see inside of you, and that's the promises of God on your life. Do you believe it? It's not a pep rally for men. This is the promises of God on your life, and we just want to wash ourselves in the Word tonight. So... Guard what's been entrusted to you, and you guys have a lot that's been entrusted to you. In my work, I have um, a pretty cool opportunity. I have a lot of men that speak into my life, but one of those guys that um, I regularly talk with is Dr. John Townsend and uh, Henry Cloud. I just know him, but not directly. And a few years ago, he wrote Boundaries. He's written some other books. Some of you guys may know his name. Um... But they wrote a book on how people grow, and it really is a powerful um, book that was built around you know thousands of hours of uh, therapy and small group and working with business leaders. And so they just, sh- in the complexities of development and growth of people, um, they've offered this suggested pathway for growth. So, Michael... So the first thing is, is really wherever you're at in this area of what disciplines need to be developed inside of you, what is the, what is the thing that you want to grow in and invite people into? I love this, for, especially for guys, is what, what's the reality? What's really going on here? What's the reality of the situation? Well, the reality is your office is a little bit of a mess. <laughs> and your stuff's all over the place. And so, you know, what's some ways that I can get myself organized and I may need some tools, so what tools are out there and so on to be able to get moving on this thing. And who, who are the people that can help me in this process? And what, what are things that I can do to experience just even people that are more organized than me? And then, really, it's not so much about the results. And this is really where the... The big idea is it's not so much about focusing on the results. It's being committed to a process, to stepping into this thing. And it's a a process for growth. And so if you look at it tonight, for wherever you're at, and, and your development piece is you want to learn how to study the Word of God, and you want to be a man of the Word, then... What do you need to know to get you moving on that? What, what are some of the tools that, that can help you get moving in that way so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work? What, what, what are some of the facts around that? And, and what, are, what are some, maybe um, on the negative side, what are some really bad ideas that you have that has really maybe inhibited you from moving forward in this area? And then who are the people that can come alongside of you 
that can help you in this process. Because for most of us, when you really look deeply at whatever your issue is or whatever area you're wanting to grow is, you may be crystal clear on that, but where a lot of people stumble, they haven't invited anybody into that. That's a huge step for a lot of people. I really want to learn how to pray with my wife, and that feels like climbing Pike's Peak. I mean, just that level of vulnerability, I, I can't even imagine. what. Well, guys, the next step for you is inviting some men who've done that into that area. I want to share Christ with the guy in the cube next to me at work, but I, I don't even know where to begin. So, guys, this is a big step of inviting people into just where you want to grow. And then I love this piece is what are some experiences around that that can really help foster that growth? And, and that's where it can actually get fun because now you got a buddy, right? <laughs> you go do it together and you grow together. But it's something at some point, especially for us guys, okay, at some point we got to go do something with this. And then finally, it is this process of what are you willing to commit to? The goal of this command is love, to have a pure heart, sincere faith, and a good conscience. What is that worth to you? Really? What, what, what does that cost you? What are you willing to invest of your time to step into a process that, frankly, guys, is going to take time? Right now, God gets about five minutes of my morning, two days a week, you know, and it's usually on the throne, and I got a good book, and whatever. I don't mean to be facetious, but yet, at some point, this developmental process is going to cost you something. But in the costing, you're going to gain so much through it. And so, really, like the builder who builds the house, take a look at what this thing's going to cost you, and really invest in it. And so for this semester, whatever this point, whatever this developmental point is that you want to grow in, th- this is the space to do it, guys. It, for guys to be able to declare, hey, I want to grow in this area, and by Thanksgiving at the end of the net, we're all, we're do- all doing high fives because this guy's paradigm has been completely busted And next thing you know, he has the best marriage and the best sex ever because he spiritually led his wife where he was locked up and not inviting anybody to go there with him. I've never studied the Word of God, let alone I have a lousy devotional life because no one's ever allowed me and showed me even where to go and read the Word. And frankly, it's a little confusing to me. So, guys, this I hope this is tangible enough to get you moving uh, in this area, because this isn't a consumer Christianity classroom setting. Uh, if you're going to come here, we're all engaging in this. And so um, so we're, that's really what we're wanting to invite you into. So for the next three weeks, read Timothy. Read Timothy in light of the gifts. Read Timothy in light of the character of the man. Read Timothy in light of the skills that's developing. And then maybe some of that, there'll be some things that really surface inside of you. And when you come back, you can begin just um, in a disciplined, confident manner to 
invite some guys to walk with you. So how's that sound? So guys, for the next few minutes, um, I just, I would like to, uh, just have you talk. And if you want to use your pathway sheet as a grid, um, I'd like to just encourage you just simple. If you want to share, if you know that area of development, you want to grow, just invite the men into it on the, on the pathway. Um, if there is an, if there is one that you're, you feel really good in, I mean, I, this is just, man, I want you to celebrate that with your brothers celebrate it. I really feel like I've got good authority around me and good counsel. Celebrate that. If you're weak in an area, call it out and it's a way that you can develop into that. So let me pray. Father, thank you for these men. (laughs) Thank you for this awesome discovery process. And I just thank you that you promise to equip guys as they just step into your word and spend time with you and your Holy Spirit just comforts and brings healing where they need it most and that um, you bring counsel to where they need wisdom the most and that uh, you give them guidance in the direction that they need to go. And so, Lord, without you, our pathway is really lost. And so for the guys that are really stuck tonight, I just pray that you would just... Let your word be a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. We just thank you for these men. Just pray your blessings on them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.